we want to just look at how God will have us operate. Now we are talking about the operation, you know, operating as God. I know it's been a big topic, and for those who are joining us newly, you may not have understood the background we are talking about. We are just talking about living to the capacity that God has created us in the beginning, you know, uh, to live on earth, living to the fullness of life that God created us for on this planet earth. He said, let us make man in our own image and according to our own likeness and let them have dominion. Let them rule over. Let them subdue the earth and let them fill the earth. Actually, God created all of us to live to our full capacity here on this planet Earth. It's as we do that, that we express the image of God in us. The Godness in us. We are to express the fullness of the image of God, the way Jesus did when he came here on the planet Earth. And when we begin to do that, even the world will see us literally as God. Amen. And that's the truth about it. And that's the way God wants us to live. Not just as Ordinary people just came, yeah, let's just leave and just, let's just go. We are not just meant to exist. We are meant to live life to the full. Amen. And that's what God has been calling us to. That's what Jesus came to give us. And when we begin to express that, we, we, we begin to testify to the fact that indeed God made us in his own likeness and his, in his own image. Mm -hmm. and that's what the world wants to see. When we say we are people of God, the difference should be there. Mm -hmm. And this morning, having said that, we just want to look at something that is quite important, key to us living in this realm. And it's about taking responsibility for people and for our generation. The way we can begin to express the godness in us is to learn to begin to take responsibilities. We've looked at all the different principles surrounding this, but I want us to get to this other realm of taking responsibilities. And we see how the operation comes into effect. But taking responsibility is one of the things God wants us to do on the earth. We take responsibility for people and for our generation. When we were interceding just now, do you know what we are doing? We were taking responsibility. We are simply saying the things that concern our land 
they concern us. That's how to operate in the realm that God is talking is uh, is calling us to. And I'm just going to pick. I'm trusting God that within the time that we have, we'll just speak two cases. If we can pick two cases, one from the Old Testament, one from the New. I thought I could pick a third one, but I've summarized it. I've narrowed it down as to what it is that needs to happen to us. How do we begin to operate in the realm that God has been calling us to? And turn, turn with me quickly to 2 Kings chapter 6. You say this man likes this Elisha very much. <laughs> I like, I like those, those two prophets in the Old Testament. They excite me. Elijah, Elisha, they just excite me. You know, uh, but just like any other. You know, talk about Samuel, talk about others. But today, this period, we are, let's just focus on this. Since God is speaking to us with the life of the man, Elisha. So let's pick this. And uh, some of you have confirmed that the study of the life of Elisha is making a lot of, it's making a lot of impact in our lives. And so that's confirmed that God really wants us to look at some things about the life of this man. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I'm going to go to 2 Kings chapter 6, then we'll move to chapter 7. Chapter 6, then chapter 7. And by the grace of God, maybe on Friday again, whilst we are looking at restoration, we'll come back to another, to this chapter, but in another, in another way. But let's look at 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. Are we there? Are we all there? Yes. yes, sir. So I'm going to start from verse 24. Verse 24. And it happened after this that Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, gathered all his army and went up and besieged Samaria. Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, gathered all his army and approached and attacked Samaria, laid a siege round about Samaria. And look at what happened. And there was a great famine in Samaria. And indeed, they besieged it until a donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels of silver. And one fourth of a cup of dough droppings for five shekels of silver. Can you see what happened? Here is a city besieged by the enemy. Brothers and sisters, the enemy always wants to besiege, lay a siege around people's life, around marriages, around homes, around cities, around nations. It's always the strategy of the enemy to lay siege. To, keep, to, to catch people in, to make sure that people are distressed. It's always the tactic of the devil. For the thief coming, 
promise not, but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. It's his mission. There are lives that are sieged. And when a life is sieged, things go bad. There's always a downturn. Can you see the downturn here? Evidence of a siege is, is, is a change in the negative direction. Evidence of a siege is that people cannot make progress. People cannot uh, no, advance. They are caged in. It's always a weapon of the enemy to lay siege. But in the midst of a siege, God has an assignment for his people. When you see a family in a siege, they can't find their way out. Things are going always in the wrong direction for them. You can see serious inflation here. Serious inflation. That even the, 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 the droppings of birds became so valuable as a source of food. You know, you can see that level of oppression, that level of poverty that came upon the land. Let's go on quickly to see how bad things can be. It was as if things were going, not as if, it, things were going from bad to worse in Samaria. Mm -hmm. And there are cities like that. There are nations like that. There are families like that. There are individuals like that. Let's go on now. Then as the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried out to him saying, help my Lord, O king. And look at what the king said. And he said, if the Lord does not help you, where can I find help for you? From the threshing floor or from the wine press? Because there is none. I don't have a source. That's what the man was saying. I don't have a source of help for you. If God does not help you, if God does not send help, I can't find help for you. Do you know what? There are situations, there are circumstances that me, and I'm using this word carefully, ordinary men, I'm using that word ordinary carefully because no one is created to be ordinary, but we can choose to live ordinary life. Mere men cannot solve, and it is the truth. It required God to step and intervene in a situation in some situations, no matter what. Do you know that there are situations over, over countries that the government cannot solve, just like this king was powerless? Are you following the point I'm making? Yeah. And as believers, as people who are responsible citizens, put on this planet Earth to represent the God of heaven, we must be sensitive to that. There are things we blame on the government, but they are confused. Except somebody does something to help them out from the realm of the spirit, they will never have a solution. Hmm. And I want us to be sensitive to that. 
And like I've told, and like God is beginning to tell us, beginning to show us, we're a church that must take responsibility for nations. We must take responsibilities for cities. Are you getting me? We must be an interceding church. Amen. So, look at what it's so the king said, I don't have help. And then the woman narrated a pathetic story, which I don't want to read because of our time. The pathetic story was that things were so bad that mothers who care for children, for their own children, settled down and said, let us make a deal. We will kill your own son or your own baby. We will boil the baby. We will eat it. We will use it for dinner. Now, when we have finished that, it will be your turn next. Can you see what was going on? Terrible. Terrible things because they were so desperate. Do you know that the enemy can so beseech people that they come to a very desperate situation? That's why the scripture says, the rod of the wicked will not lie on the lot of the righteous. This the righteous stretch forth their hand to do evil. There are, there are situations that push people to the things they don't want to do. There's no excuse for it. There's no justification for it. Are you following me? No. But there are times when people are so caged in, so oppressed of the enemy, that they care less what they do. That's the situation we are, find, we are seeing here. And I'm sure you must have seen situations like that, where desperacy came up upon people, that they've lost hope, and they just felt there's nothing... Let's just do anything. Brothers and sisters, and there are situations like that surrounding us. There are situations like that in many places. Like I said, no justification for this evil. No justification for any evil doing. But the reality is that we see this happening in different places. where the economy became so bad in some places, some nations, some university students decided and said, where, what, what are we living for? And they get themselves into gangs to commit atrocities, just to make a living. Mm. There are places like that. Even in, so in developed countries like here, like where we are, People get to a point where they feel there's no hope for them. Their life has no meaning. So they can do anything. And they turn to all manner of things to fill the vacuum in their lives. It's a siege of the enemy. I've listened to stories by virtue of my profession. Dad went to prison. Children also go to prison for similar things. Are you following the point we are making this morning? I'm just painting to you how siege can be laid around a people, a nation. It, it doesn't matter the wealth of the people. But let's move on now. And it says, so she narrated the story that, well, she then donated her own son without caring. And the other woman 
maybe smarter, said no, went and hid his own son and then, uh, her own son rather, and the woman became angry and annoyed and went to the king. That's what that story is. Jump with me now to verse 12. No, not verse 12. The same chapter, chapter 6, jump with me to 30. 30, 30 verse 30, sorry. Now it happened, yes, verse 30. Uh, now it happened when the king heard the words of the woman that he tore his clothes. And as he passed by on the wall, the people looked and there underneath what the king was wearing, he had sackcloth on his body, which was a sign of mourning, a sign of grief, sackcloth. Now, he went on. Uh, yes. Then he said, God do so to me, and more also, if the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, remains on him today. And you will have said, what connected Elisha with this matter? That would have been my reasoning, that would have been your reasoning. Mr. King, were you always looking for Elisha to kill Elisha before? What connected Elisha with a woman boiling his, boiling her son to eat? But do you know that the king was right? Something told him, if Elisha, where is Elisha? The representative of God upon this land. Something witnessed to him and said, there is somebody who is not playing his role at this time. There's someone in whose hand the keys to the liberation of this, hand, of this land is, and is not doing his job. You know that sometimes it takes a persecuted church to take responsibility. Sometimes certain things need to awaken us because certain things don't touch us. We are in our comfort zone. We don't take responsibility. And that's the state with the church of God in many places. We are complacent. And in this place, Elisha was not doing well. The king saw something. The king knew something was missing. And he turned and I said, no, it's Elisha. It's Elisha. This man, Elisha, needed to have done something. He didn't do it. And why did they allow these things to go this far? Brothers and sisters, if we fail to do what we ought to do, things will go from bad to worse. Our intervention is always counted upon by God in circumstances where things are not going right, whether for individuals, whether for homes, whether for communities, whether for nations. God wants to see us rise up to the challenge. Mm -hmm. Are you following me? There's a lot we can say. There's a lot we can do. For the prayer of a righteous man, talking about Elijah, avails, accomplishes much. So James chapter 5 verse 16 says. Are we making some point this morning? Yes. 
God is calling us to responsibility because that's how people can see the stuff that we are made of in God. Until a man or a woman begins to take responsibilities for others, if we are so preoccupied with ourselves, we will never live out the true potential that, is in, that, that we have in us. We must come to the point where we break out of ourselves. Selfishness reduces our godness. Self-centeredness is not befitting of us. We must look out for the good of others. Are you, are you getting the point I'm making? Yes. Mother Teresa within the Catholic Church, do you know what she did? She went out of her ways, gave everything, just for the concern of taking responsibilities for others in the downtrodden places to save the life of many. No wonder our name will never be forgotten. Are you following me? As, as one of the great saints that lived upon this planet Earth from the Catholic background. You getting the point? Somebody is not following me this morning. Amen. Let's go home now. So, then the king said something. And so, and uh, let's go to verse 32. But Elisha was sitting in his house. Elisha began to be sensitive now. Elisha was sitting in his house. And the elders were sitting with him. He was having a church conference yeah. <laughs> in his sitting room. Sometimes we like our Bible studies. We like to enjoy our fellowship together, but we must go beyond that. Amen. You're getting the point I'm making? Our influence should go beyond the walls, the four walls of a church gathering. He was sitting with the elders. He wasn't playing. He was doing a spiritual meeting, but there was fire burning in, this, in the nation that he ought to have sought God to do something about. Look at it now. Then, but Elisha was sitting in his house and the elders were sitting with him and the king sent a man ahead of him. But before the messenger came to him, he said to the elders, do you see how this son of a murderer has sent someone to take away my head? Now I'm beginning to go into Elisha now, which is a type of us. His spiritual antenna came alive to be who God wants us to be. Now we are beginning to see a man operating in the realm of the supernatural. It was beginning to operate in the gift of the spirit. Mm -hmm. Brothers and sisters, we cannot afford to be a people who are just living ordinary life. We must be a people who aspire to, to move in the gifts of the spirit. You can see word of knowledge beginning to be in operation here. It began to see here a conversation that was <laughs> that, he, that were far away from where he was. He began to see plans that from miles away from him. Are you following me? Yeah. To begin to express the true nature of God in us, 
there must be a desire for the manifestation of the gift of the Holy Spirit. We must begin to be a people who can hear the inaudible, see the invisible. Are you following me? It's part of the way God awakens us to our responsibilities. Look, where the messenger comes, shut the door and hold him fast at the door. It's not the sound of his master feet behind him, verse 33 now. And while he was still talking with them, there was the messenger coming down to him. And immediately the king also appeared. And then the king said, surely this calamity is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord anymore? Even the king became hope, was expressing utter hopelessness. I can't wait for God anymore. I cannot wait for God anymore. But look at what then happened in chapter seven. This is where we are going. Then Elijah said, Elisha rather said, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, tomorrow, 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 about this time, a seer of flour, of fine flour, shall be sold for a shekel, and two seers of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. Let's stop there quickly. Do you understand what is happening here? Do you know that the solution from God was had always been there? The solution was always in the hand of God. But God needed a representative on earth to act on his behalf. He chose to partner with us. Are you following me? And what made him to operate in this realm of a God? He was in a relationship with God. Brothers and sisters, one of the key things we must master as we go on our journey is ability, developing ability to hear the voice of God. Men who changed the world, men who intervened in the affairs of the world, they were men whose antenna were well set to receive word from God. Our relationship is key to our manifestation on the earth. The voice of God. Say, hear the word of the Lord. The word has always been there. Are you following me? It was when Elisha connected with that word that solution came on the earth. Because God has a representative here. When the king was saying, except the Lord helps you, how can I get somewhere to help you? God was saying, I'm ready to help. But the connection, the conduit through which God will, will flow was not open. Brothers and sisters, do we want to be a people whose impact will be reckoned with on this planet Earth? Our ears must be sharpened to hear. We must be a people who are in a position to receive word from God. Our relationship with God is key, and that is what is happening here. I was praying on Friday when I was praying for Elijah, when Elijah in chapter 17 of First King says, you know, as the Lord lives, before whom I stand, relationship. 
then a pronouncement. Our Christianity is not church going. It is relationship with God, where we can hear the voice of the Almighty. When we come together, is to build us to do that, is to stir us up to do that, is to, to challenge us to do that, to improve our relationship with God. For iron sharpens iron. Look at what one day happened. So he, pro, he made a pronouncement to reverse the situation overnight, 24 hours. It was so surprising that the man said, one man said, so an officer on whose hand, the king leaned, answered the man of God and said, look, if the Lord will make windows in heaven, could this thing be? The man must be a, phys a physics uh, teacher. He has calculated, <laughs> the, you know, using, using the acceleration of gravity, he has calculated how long it will take. Even if God begins to drop things from heaven, in 24 hours, they won't get here. That was his calculation. But the reality of the matter is this. Look at how this man went on. And then, and he said, Elisha said, in fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you will not eat of it. Mm. I don't want to go into that man's case now. <laughs> but you know that that wasn't part of the word God spoke to Elijah. Elisha, he stood in the place of God and judged that unbelief immediately. Wow. Said no for your unbelief. That's how powerful his authority was. May the Lord help us to recognize who we are in Jesus' name. Amen. Apparently, Elisha was failing the country at this point in time. He was failing the nation at that point in time. And God has to awaken by the persecution from the king, by the threat from the king. And I'm praying that the Lord will steer us up even without persecution necessarily, to take responsibility for our communities, for our nation in Jesus' name. Amen. Because of time, let's jump quickly to, uh, then you know all that happened, the four leprous men, how they went out and all the rest of them. But, Let's quickly go to verse, uh, let me see, verse 14. Therefore, they took two chariots and up chapter 7, the same chapter where we have. You know, they took two chariots, that is the king of, of, of uh, Israel now released some, uh, a couple of chariots to go with some people just to go and see what is going on after the four lepers had brought good news to them. But let's just go on. Therefore, they took two chariots with horses. And the king sent them in the direction of the, of the Syrians' army, saying, go and see. And they went after them to the Jordan. And indeed, all the roads, all the road was full of garments and weapons which the Syrians had thrown away in their haste. 
So the messengers returned and told the king. Then the people went out and plundered the tents of, of the Syrians. So a seer of fine flour was sold for a shekel and two seers of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. Now the king had appointed the officer on whose hand he leaned to have charge of the gate. But the people trampled him in the gate and he died, just as the man of God had said, who spoke when the king came down to him. So it happened, just as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, two shekel of barley for a shekel and a seer of the of fine flour for a shekel shall be sold tomorrow about this time in the gate of Samaria. Then the officer had the, then that officer had answered the man of God and said, Now look, if the Lord will make windows in heaven, and could such a thing be? And he had said, In fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. And so it happened to him, for the people trampled him in the gates, and he died. I just want us to look at that story. It looks an interesting story. But the key thing I want us to see as we round up here now is a man who decided to take responsibility. It's about a man who decided to say, I will be responsible for my nation. I will be responsible for my people. I will approach God on behalf of my people. And God did something amazing because of the words of his own mouth. He operated as a God because he represented the God of heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. What is the Lord calling us to this morning? For us to see the fullness of God's life in us, we must be a people who are not self-absorbed. must be a people who are not just preoccupied with our little things must be a people who are ready to take responsibility for others, for communities, mm. for the situation around us, mm. for families, for people. And in that, in that way, the grace of God in our life will be, will be found to flame. The gift of God will come alive in us. Anyone who decides to take responsibility will see the gift of God come alive in them. Mm. That's the way to activate the gift of God. You have a relationship with God. You decide, I'm going to take responsibility. God will never leave you alone because he wants to see his godness. <laughs> he wants to see his image manifested in us mm -hmm. as we stand to represent him, mm -hmm. even in situation bordering people around us. Mm -hmm. Just one man took responsibility and the situation of a whole nation was changed. You may say, well, maybe not for the whole nation, but what about for one soul, for one family, that things are not going on well for, that the devil seems to have besieged? Can we lead the siege? Can we declare an end to his siege? Can we, let the, can we tell the enemy, let the people go, that they might serve God? Amen. The people to take responsibilities for others. Amen.
bow down your heads as we pray this morning.